You are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. And you're part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to a wonderful show. We have both Rabbi Mike Foyer and the much-anticipated return of Malka Fleischer on the show. So stay tuned for that part. And at the end of that part with Malka, I talk about that I'm asking you to do one thing. I'm asking you to say, L'chaim Yerushalayim. I want you to raise your glasses and on this Jerusalem day, say L'chaim Yerushalayim. Uh, to the rebirth of Jerusalem, to the liberation of Jerusalem to the reunification of Jerusalem. Just raise your glass and really let's let's get excited about this amazing time. And let's start with Rabbi Mike Foyer where him and I discuss the original Yom Yerushalayim, Jerusalem Day, which was when the uh, Babylonians kicked us out of Jerusalem, destroyed us. So there's a psalm dedicated to that. We'll talk about that with Rabbi Mike Foyer. So here we go. And don't forget to stay tuned for Malka Fleischer right after that. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show here on Facebook, YouTube, and the Land of Israel Network. And let us get ready together for Yom Yerushalayim. Maybe, one could argue, one of the holiest days and one of the most important days on the Jewish calendar because maybe it fuses uh, a sense of, on the one hand, nationalism, the capital of the Jewish people, Jerusalem, the remembrance of a war, the Six-Day War, which is a nationalistic moment of the modern state of Israel, but with the yearnings of more than 2,000 years and therefore a religious sense to it all. And I guess uh, folks that are self-described as religious Zionists feel like for them the greatest of days, uh, something like a type of Yom Kippur where here's the holiest day on the calendar, uh, here's Jerusalem Day, where it fuses on the one hand uh, modern nationalism, the rebirth of the Jewish state and land of Israel, but with holy yearnings for a third temple. So let's get ready for Yom Yerushalayim. And we have with us, of course, our beloved Rabbi Mike Foyer. Rabbi Mike, welcome to the program. Oh, I feel so good. You call me beloved. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hi, Isha. How are you doing? I feel good. I guess I'm feeling beloved because we are about to discuss Yom Yerushalayim, as I put up here on the screen, Jerusalem Day. Um, just to make it clear for people what we're talking about, Jerusalem Day uh, is a a day, it's a modern holiday, if you will. Um, it's it's remembering the victory of the Jewish people of Israel in the 1967 Six-Day War, which, by the way, you're covering on your other show right now, the intro to, <clears throat> um, on your other show called The Jewish Story. Let me bring I'm in up. deep, man. I'm in deep. It's so complicated you, to try yeah, to you are in all deep. the threads. It, right. In, in fact, your last show, uh, I would say, was a very, very... Um, um, packed full of information, and I had to listen to it twice actually wow. uh, in order to to kind of get through the different threads. If the threads are the Cold War, which people oftentimes when you think about Jerusalem Day, you're not thinking so much of the Cold War, but the Cold War was 100% a six day war event, and even okay. more so, and even more so in the following war, which is the Yom Kippur War, mm -hmm. which was truly a, a Cold War battle where actually. The various superpowers were going to arm uh, the, the 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 what do you call it the um, not puppet war what's it called Client when there's a states it's a proxy war right proxy war proxy war that's exactly the phrase it. you're looking for right so so that was uh, that was definitely uh, uh, so something that happened um, uh, during the six day war as well um, 
but Yom Yerushalayim, while it's a modern holiday, also has an ancient root. And I wanted to bring up a psalm for a second here. Let me remember how to screen share on this thing. And I, wanted to, I just wanted to bring a, a psalm into, um, into our reading. And this is Psalm 137, which says, I'll read in the Hebrew and we'll translate together. It's very famous. It's, it's really one of the most famous of all psalms. It says, Al Naharot Bavel, by the rivers of Babylon. Sham Yashavnu Gambachinu. We sat down, yea, we wept. Why? We remembered that we were taken out of Zion. We remembered Zion. Uh, upon the willows in the midst thereof, we hanged our harps. For there, our captives asked us, Why don't you sing a song? And our tormentors asked us to mirth. They said, Sing to us of the songs of Zion. It's, it's like Samson, like, bring Samson out, let him, like, uh, a play before us. We can laugh at how we've blinded Samson. We can laugh at you and how you used to have nice songs about Zion. It's a very poignant image. But we ask, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? And then more personally, if I forget thee, Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. Let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I don't remember you, if I don't remember, if I don't put Jerusalem above on the on the on the tops of my joys. Okay. Now here's 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 an important thing. Here's the last PC part. Right. Zechor Hashem. Remember Hashem. Remember the children of Edom at Yom Yerushalayim, the day of Jerusalem. And the reason I'm bringing this out is to show that indeed Jerusalem Day is a very ancient concept, uh, who said, they said that these Babylonians, aru, aru, raise it, raise it, ada yesodba, until, it, until its foundation, destroy it, till its very foundation. Bad bavel ashduda, o daughter of Babylon, uh, that is, it, the translation here is destroyed, but I think there's a different way to translate it, right? No, shduda? Uh, no, that's what it means. I feel I like shduda also means... Like, like in a, in a modern terminology, it means like bankrupt. Like you, you, you. Yeah, you've know. been, you've been, uh, you've. I mean, Shodet is a is a, a brigand or someone who who um, sort of like forcibly robs others. So right, you know, it's not just generally destroyed. You've been emptied out. Right. Happy shall he be, he that repayeth you what you have done to us. He who re- re- avenges what you've done to us. And here's and the truth. Biblical image here. <laughs> right. Ashrei, happy shall he be, sheyochaz, that will hold onto venipets et olalaych alasela, and dashes, dashes or, or, or destroys, or smashes your little ones et olalaych alasala upon the rock. So yep. takes your babies and smashes them ostensibly. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I have a, I, I have a, um, a different explanation for this. Which I think works, maybe maybe better. Which is olalaich uh, also comes from the word alila, which is the, mm-hmm. the tale, the 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 narrative. Mm-hmm. Happy is he who takes your narrative, your fake story, and smashes it on the on the rock, right? It's it's an alila, it's an alila. Mm-hmm. You have a fake story about our about us uh, that you've destroyed us, that you've replaced us. The various replacements theologies, 
There's replacement theology in their Christianity. There's replacement theology under Islam. And I think today there's something called replacement narrative under the Palestinian story. And I'm, I would also argue that secular Western humanism in many ways has a, has a replacement element in the way in which we sort of as a people fit their narrative. Right. That's, so uh, yeah. blessed is he who takes your narrative and smashes it. I mean, it's David certainly more pleasant. It. Although I, I, I wouldn't shy away from the fact that you, that one has to see a thing for its roots as well. That that um, the 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 Bible's culture is a culture of real struggle, and where where peoples destroyed each other. And today, what what I hear and what you're pointing out is that oftentimes, because thank God we've we've uh, sort of like left the culture. Most of us, not all of us, left the culture where you would smash the heads of babies to to destroy them. Um, we think that the world is a better place, but the reality is that you're pointing out that, um, well, you know, careful, because the reality is, is that war is still as total, if it's not as immediately brutal. And, and, and so, therefore, you know, destroying one's children physically or destroying them sort of um, spiritually and intellectually through capturing their narrative is also destruction. Yes. Yes, 100%. It is 100%. Uh, an effort of destruction. And I, I mean, wanted to bring up that psalm just to kind of also show, show it's interesting that the psalm says Jerusalem Day is the day of its destruction. Jerusalem Day is the day that you guys took us out of the land. Jerusalem yes. Day is, is the day where we remembered the Jerusalem that was. And today's Jerusalem Day, same name, Yom Yerushalayim, is the Jerusalem where it's like, remember that Jerusalem that was destroyed? We're back. Yeah, and it, and it poses a deep question in what I hear because the 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 problem with the the uh, the sort of like the conflict orientation is that that total war demands way more than um, an instinct for survival, right? If you if you if you're in a complete war, and by the way, it only takes one side to be in a total war because you know like if one side's in a total war and the other side's not, that's called defeat. Right. Um, so if you're in a total war, you have to be fighting for more than just survival. You have to be fighting for victory. And, and, and that vision of what victory is, I'm really struggling with this right now because I was actually writing this morning. This like this time period that led up to the liberation of Jerusalem was a time period of deep confusion in Am Yisrael. Right. Like, what, what are we trying to do? There's some part of the, the state of Israel I'm speaking now, although I'd wager it's true for the people of Israel in our dispersion. There's some part of us that whose who's, um, willingness to wield power is dependent upon a sense of absolute desperation. We don't want to use we don't want to wield power unless our backs to the wall. Right? The 19 what I call the morality of 1948. Like, okay, fine. You know, like seven Arab nations jump us in the so then we'll use power. But as soon as that immediacy of a threat to our existence dissipates, first of all, we begin to undermine and question what it is that we did. And second of all, we show ourselves unwilling to have a vision to wield power in the name of righteousness, justice, heroism, all those things. that. And, and so it's one of the reasons I think that Jerusalem Day to this day, sadly, with the exception, as you pointed out, of a, a very narrow segment of our population, it hasn't caught. It has not caught. I mean, could you imagine such a thing? 2,000 years, Jerusalem saying, and they meant it. Suddenly you got it, and it's like, well, I don't know, because the truth is it was like a messy and the consequences of it. Okay, folks. But but a lot of that has to do with the fact that we don't appreciate the, the, the reality that, that when it comes to narrative warfare, there is a place to say, 
I'm not just going to wait until you put, get my back to the wall. I'm going to proactively attempt to shape a world which I believe is reflective of our mission and, and the divine vision for humanity. And that's what Jerusalem's about. I think that there's a tension the whole morning writing about it. <laughs> I think that there's a tension between between mythology and reality. And when you, you have a when you have for two thousand years a Jerusalem that you dream of, but it becomes mythologized. When you get the real thing, it's 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 shocking. It's surprising. It's messy. It's dirty. And it's also very very very. It no longer is in the realm of. Uh, of mythology, mythology right. can be yeah, very high and very, very pure, uh, clean, morally safe, right. heavenly, you know, and 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 suddenly it's like it's like I didn't I didn't know that you you use the word a lot of times, which is reembodied. So a myth is like a soul, and to suddenly throw it back into a human body or throw it back into a Jerusalem, into an actual Jerusalem, and and you see that the word Jerusalem. And also the word Bethel or Bethel is oftentimes used as a name for synagogues or churches sure. or places like that because people can mythologize that and say, well, this place represents Jerusalem now. Yeah. To have a real Jerusalem is a to have a new Yom Yerushalayim, not the old kind of Yom Yerushalaym, is a really tricky moment. Listen, I, I don't doubt the trickiness or the complexity. And frankly, I think we're doing fairly well, considering it's only been 50 years since we liberated Jerusalem and is 2,000 years that we were missing it uh, I want to I want to just make that clear at the same time what you're pushing on is the essential mission of the Jewish people in the world myth has no meaning if it can't be lived in physical life and this is where we parted ways with early Christianity and to this day much of the idealist side of Western culture is that that ideas lack meaning until they're put into action in the world and this and this sort of notion well but yeah you're gonna sully the idea by trying to make it real and say, okay, but you know what? Well, like that's that's who we are as a people. That's our definition of, of faith. That's how we engage God in the world. Right? The Jewish question is not, do you believe in God? The Jewish question is, did you put on tefillin this morning? You know what I'm saying? Like, like the, the belief in God is an abstraction. This is a wonderful thing. I don't, I don't knock anybody who's a believer. But that's not the Jewish definition of faith. The Jewish definition of faith is, are you faithful to that belief through your actions? In the same way, our faith to Jerusalem is not a purely, oh, I haven't forgotten, etc. That's why, by the way, how do people fulfill for the last 2,000 years our, our pledge not to forget Jerusalem? We break a cup. We say we, we say it. We, we bless Jerusalem in our, over our food and over the stuff. We, we leave we a corner of our house unpainted. Leave a corner of our house, right. Women are meant to wear slightly less jewelry than they otherwise would. I Meaning there's a whole list of actions that we do in the world which embody what we're missing. And that's the faithfulness. Not just like, oh, Jerusalem. It's like, no, I need to feel it. And it's a challenge. It's been 2,000 years. But the reality is we held on strong enough that when push came to shove against a lot of logical international pressures, etc., right? The, the the leadership of Am Yisrael gathered in the basement of the Knesset, driven by Menachem Begin, as we'll speak about, please God, at some point, said, it's time. It's time. All the logic, all the good reasons not to do this pale in comparison to the pledge that we've been living for 2,000 years. Right. And yet, and yet, you pointed out though that that a lot of people aren't right, aren't there yet exactly. They're not. They're they're not seeing that awesome moment. Yeah. Uh, and so, well, 
I have a theory that the different parts of the state of Israel and the Jewish people celebrate in different ways the same celebration. Yeah. One is one is Yom Atzma'ut, which is Independence Day, and that's more of the secular Israelis who really celebrate independence and the rebirth of the state as, as, as an entity that gives us the aspect of the state of Israel, which is important there, which is uh, a safe haven from enemies, an army, uh, a mechanism of self-determination, uh, Aliyah. So, so okay. Which so you have that's the third temple by the early Zionists, right? Of okay. the early leaders of the state. But, 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 they, but it doesn't have overtly religious connotations. It well, has that's precisely my point. It embodies that whole dream in a concrete, down-to-earth, like you said, economy, government, army, right? A people like any other, right? A people like any other. Uh, but then you have uh, Jerusalem Day. Well, maybe I'll go first to Lag Bomer. Then you have Lag Bomer, which is maybe the exact opposite. Which is the victory of Torah, of 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 uh, of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's Kabbalistic mystical Torah over the Roman uh, exile of the Jewish people from the land of Israel. It's like we're back. We're studying our ancient Torah in our land. We beat you. You exiled us. We had to put our Rabbi Mike. Can you hear me now? I hear you now. Do you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you. That was that was a weird moment that we had. I think it's just a little hot for all the equipment. Oh. So, yeah. Can I tell you a secret? I like this heat. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I it's like quite it. hot here in the land of Israel. So um, uh, it is very hot. We are having a super heat wave, which was clearly meant by God to burn out the remnants of uh, of the COVID virus. Is that is that not the answer? Uh, you know, or just get a good schwitz on. Either That's way. right. That's right. Uh, so we were saying that the second holiday is is the Torah holiday, and the third holiday is the fusion of help me. Maybe you can help me explain that the third holiday is Yom Yerushalayim, which is the religious Zionist version of it, which is like a fusion of of the state on the one hand, but in the Holy Land, specifically with a vision for a national temple. Yeah, I mean, in that structure, if you're going to say that Yom Atzmaut is the elevation of of the physical. And even at a certain degree to the expense of the spiritual. I mean, calling the state the third temple, I understand in the sense of the fulfillment of 2,000 years of longing, but it's a failure to understand what the temple actually represents because it's like, you know, we're going to be a people like any other. Uh, Meron is an elevation of the soul over, you know, Rome, and it's a denigration of the body. Rome is the body. The Torah is eternal. It's the soul. We're going to be, you know, there with Rabbi Shimon. It's also, by the way, a misunderstanding of the story because, of course, Rabbi Shimon, that was his attitude when he came out of the cave after 12 years. But God sent him back for the 13th to understand the next piece, which is the fact that, that, that as Rav Cook teaches, that um, anyone who, who breaks the continuity between the physical and the spiritual, who sees them as disparate, um, is essentially a heretic because what they're doing is they're saying that God thought this was worth creating but not that. That, that God specifically put us in the world with the ability to make to take action because that is a sacred act as much as the classically religious soul-oriented acts. So, so I would say that the, the, the vision of temple is a place where the physical is infused and becomes the seat for the spiritual as not as a disparate element. Which, yeah, listen, by the way, that's where religious Zionism really hangs up. It's kind of it's a tough sell. And not only a tough sell in the, in the educational standpoint, but it's a very difficult negotiation of values to live. I don't want to slide into politics, but it's <clears> one of the places where 
we, we've really run into trouble. I, I would argue that the reason that we've run into the trouble is we actually didn't go full Monty on it. Right? Uh, yeah. In, 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 in truth, in truth, if you think about it, at least this is the way I live my life, and it and it like I always feel very fulfilled from it, and I think other people would be as well, which is it's quite organic. It's all it really works very well together. If you think about it, it's a very full picture. It's like you have the godly promises and they're coming to fruition. Then you built up a state. The state has done these things to move forward the godly process. And it's like, if you think about it, it, it only doesn't really work if you bifurcate. If you yeah. bifurcate it, then it becomes really kind of like, then you're like, wait a minute, did I steal somebody else's land? Or is this state supposed to be really a state of all its citizens? And you really get confused. Or you're like, or you're confused from the religious, which is hard for me to understand. But let's like, say you I say be saying Hallel on right, right. How would you do that with a bracha, without a bracha? Like, oh, right. Or, or 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 the the major refrain, which is we're all still in Gullus, we're all still in exile. Just the fact that you're geographically in Jerusalem means nothing. It's meaningless because we're all not in a messianic process yet. I, I, I'm sorry, that, that I filter out. I'm just like- Okay, okay but that's a huge, but that's a huge amount of people that say that. That's a huge amount of people. I, yeah, yeah. It comes, it comes at the end of the day from the same place, which is a bifurcation of today's reality. And one could also, by the way, Rabbi Mike Foy, right? A lot of people, you could blame the religious Zionist world for, for really not bringing a deeper consciousness of the fusion between and, and Jerusalem Bay is a perfect example. You said it yourself. It that that fusion has not been bought into by everybody. And one can I say, you know what? We haven't allowed it to really transform us. We're trying to dance at two weddings. This is what I meant is that is that as opposed to going if you said full monte, I'll go whole hog, as long as we're using very strange expressions to refer to such a sacred thing. Um, you know, instead of going whole hog. We 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 we've tried whole hog Zionism. I like whole that. Hog, yeah, well, that would sell in very particular places. Um, the the uh, full Monty Zionism. That it. even less okay. so. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, most people don't know what that actually means. Um, <laughs> See the movie. <laughs> yeah, or just Google it now. Um, so, so, come on, folks, in here, people. So um, the 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 reality is is that that. Um, for, for many of us, the challenge is religious because the reality is is that the way we know how to live Torah in the world w was a is a product of exile. It's an organic product, meaning it's an evolution from the roots of the first temple, the second temples, all the way back to Sinai. But it, it's it's form. It's you know sort of the phenotype, if you will, the form it's taken the world was formed in exile. How much do we really let ourselves go into that organic process of continuing to reform. Very little, very little, right? That's one side. The other side is that, is that um, historically at least, religious Zionism hasn't put forward a vision of how to structure and run our country, right? It's always been satisfied to be a bit player. And you're seeing, by the way, that bill came due quite clearly in the recent coalition negotiations where Netanyahu basically said, oh, yeah, well, I can do it without you. I got other bit players. They're easier to, to deal with. And, of course, he historically always likes to be the most right-wing member of his government. Um, you know, and so here you go. Where are they now? Um, so so there's, there's a lack of, of 
full acceptance. And part of that is like because it's kind of hard to really, like, really, Mike. You really believe that um, that we're going to transform human consciousness, restructure the globe, and finally usher in the dawn of uh, sort of messianic harmony that we've been dreaming about? Yeah, you know, I do. <laughs> like, or or we're all going to just see the other vision of the Messiah. Which, not forget that our sages also see a thousand years of peace when the planet gets to rest because humanity isn't troubling it any longer. Because that's what I see at this point. So we've reached a point in human history where the planet will survive. It's always important about people. We're going to destroy the planet. We're not going to destroy the planet. We're going to destroy the planet. We're going to destroy ourselves. <laughs> Planet's going to survive. It might be a little bit less beautiful than we came with Tsari Arav, but it ain't going anywhere. We, on the other hand, have no such promise. Right? And so, so um, yeah, we're at a point in human history. Forget my messianic religious notions. Just read the papers. Look at the look at the science. There, the, the opportunities and the dangers that we face today. And the COVID was a great wake-up call. Hey, folks, one planet. Hey, folks, some guy in China eats a bat. You've, you've seen that meme floating around? Anybody who believes one person can't change the world has never eaten a live bat, right? Um, like, it's a little bit sick, but, but you see the point, right? Like, hey, folks, what... We could do this, or we could do the other thing. Well, speaking of doing things, and you also mentioned Netanyahu, we are actually in uh, yet a latter part of the Six-Day War is still being fought now oh, yeah. over the issue of sovereignty, which is really asserting sovereignty, or what the detractors call annexation, right. uh, of those lands that were liberated in the Six-Day War. Absolutely. So and, it's, still, it, it's still being fought. Although that was the point, if you, I mean, you've been listening to the show, that was the point I made right at the beginning, is that that where you say a war begins and where you say it ends actually tells you what you think it was about. Because what you just pointed out with quoting Psalm 137 is that the, the six-day war began when the temple was destroyed and we were driven from our land. Because we were on an inevitable arc back to our home. Right. And so then to think that it ended when, you know, you know, Harabai, the Adenu and the, and the paratroopers entered Yushalayim is a deep mistake. And then, of course, you look at the last 50 years, because we have failed to appreciate the challenge to the entire structure of human society, at least Western society, frankly, um, the, the challenge, the structure of Western society that, that is represented by us returning to our home. Notice, notice the threats to Edom in that poem. Right, um, since we failed to appreciate that, we haven't done the work to sell it to our own people, to educate, forget selling it, to educate people. And by the way, this is the last piece: is is we don't appreciate the demand it's making of us. The demand is not to forget anymore. Im is not sufficient. We have to remember. That's, that's what I'm saying. That, that's that what I'm saying. Do. You you got good at you got good at remembering the past. You got good at crying over it. You got good at getting. Right, yeah, good not forgetting. Remembering right. is a much more active stance. Right. Well, well, the good news is is that there is a um, organic movement in the right direction. Generally speaking, um, I would liken our time to when uh, Joshua came in with the Jewish people to the land of Israel. They set up a, a tabernacle. The tabernacle uh, was the the synagogue. The, the mini temple of the time. It wasn't the full thing. It wasn't the final thing. They were used to 
a tabernacle in the desert. That's what that's what they knew. That's what the Torah told them to do. That's what they knew. To set up a temple, it took a a, a big leap. That leap was not done by the judges or the early prophets. It wasn't done by Joshua. And it wasn't even exactly finally done by King David, although King David is the one who is that great transition. I and mean, he transitioned the whole story from uh, a tabernacle to a temple. He was able to make that transition between diaspora Jewry fully, even, if, even though they had been there for a few hundred years, from that to a temple consciousness, a centralized Jewish people in the land of Israel. In many ways, we've leap, leapfrogged their experience because we jumped right back to Jerusalem. We didn't go well, to... Yeah. Yeah, or maybe you could say that. That on the other hand, the Tel Aviv thing is a little bit like uh, because because in Israel, Tel Aviv is considered the spiritual and economic, not spiritual, cultural and economic head center. of the country, the yeah. center. But uh, we have leapfrogged it. By the way, there is a move right now to move more government offices to Jerusalem. They've moved more media back to Jerusalem. A lot of the media outlets are actually moving to to say from Yerushalayim that they're that they're broadcasting from Yerushalayim. So so there is a, there is definitely a, a movement in the right direction, but it's still a, it's still the period of the tabernacle before the temple. So I mean I would I'm going to hone in on your metaphor. I'd say we're not in the time of Joshua. We're in the time of the judges. Right. I remember I once asked one of my teachers like how could it be that you read Joshua and there's this like very um, almost idealistic picture of the conquest that's presented. We came in. We kick butt, 31 kings, boom, let's set up camp. And then you like turn the page to look at judges. It's like, whoa, the Canaanites are everywhere, civil war. We can't seem to even like build what we got. We can't get more. We can't even hold what we have. And like, there's this like chaos. And so I asked him, like, how could that be? And he said, well, you have to appreciate that, that the spiritual energy it takes for the Jewish people, for Am Yisrael, to reroot ourselves in the land involves a diminishment of our capacity. But once we strike root, so in Joshua, he's like, we came in and we, boom, we drilled in and then it was, oh, I just want to just like sit under my fig tree and, and, and my vine. Very similar to a lot of the portions of our society today. But the reality is, is that that, um, that rooting is so deep that once it begins to really give us strength, then the, the process, of course, is David unites the tribes. And that's the stage that we're at right now, is that how do we begin to craft a vision of peoplehood, of mission, of moving beyond just a Judaism into an Am Yisrael, right? But not an Am Yisrael, um, like a nation like any other, but like really Am Yisrael, right? And, and, and craft a vision which can actually bring us together. Because remember, the temple is the expression of that. It's not the, it's not the driver of it. And, 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 and that's, by the way, there's a big piece in the sovereignty movement that I would like to see spoken about, which is that I think that because our mission now is no longer local, unlike in the time of David and Solomon, where the model was like, go local and grow, meaning the world wasn't connected. The Chinese never heard of us. In North America, they certainly weren't aware, et cetera. You know? But now it's a global mission. The very fact that stuck in the middle of the question of our sovereignty is a people who claims to be the native populace, right? It, it poses the question at the heart of our sovereignty, how do we relate to the nations of the world? How do they fit into our story? Something which in exile, we were never particularly interested in dealing with. Right, right. Right, and, and so I think it really behooves us to see- Well, we were interested in that question, but backwards. We were interested to understand how do we- Well, because they, the the right. they were the context, correct. They were the context. 
Right. They have so, the all. I I I, uh, I very much agree with your point. I think it's a very good point. And um, on Twitter, which is a place I hang out in, no. I find a lot of I find a lot of enemies, but I find a lot of friends uh -huh. out there in the world. I have I have now I'm in touch with the Iranians. I'm in touch with all okay, Palestinians, certainly, uh, and Saudis. Um, you know, there's the Saudi blogger, Twitterer. Right, uh, super persecuted. And he's, he, I'm talking about the guy, I think, Mohammed Saud, who, like, sings these songs to Israel. Uh -huh. he's, he's one of the most beautiful folks I've ever seen. And um, he, he sings songs in Hebrew in order to kind of, and he's dressed in full Saudi regalia. And um, you're, Which, you're by the way, probably a lot more comfortable in this heat than what I'm. Wearing. Oh yeah, oh they know heat, they know <laughs> heat over there. So, so you know, you you find a lot of people that are, that are with us, but I but when it comes to, of course, the question of the the people that we administer, yep, who are living right there, who are living right here and right there, and 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 just just they are they are part of our landscape. Uh, you're totally right that there hasn't been a comfortable. So yesterday I tweeted out a picture of myself at the mechanics. I was at my mechanics, and yeah. my mechanic is a Russian Jew who speaks a pretty darn good Arabic. He's got two, sometimes three Arab workers, and next door is a Moroccan uh, caterer, and he oh. comes in and he makes like coffee in the in the garage. You know, you know, garage guys. You, you, you it's fun yeah, to hang yeah. out in garages. Sure, sure. And and he speaks a fluent Arabic. Yeah, because he's, he's he was born in Morocco. The, the the Arabs there and and the Russian guy and they're laughing and they're talking and they're working and and I I took a picture of it and I was just like, this is the Middle East. This is beautiful. This is this is the place that that you know. And we and I wrote, don't let the lefties fool you. Hebrew nationalists know coexistence. That's what I wrote. Um, that that was the language that I used, and I yeah. just go ahead. I'm I, sorry. I, I just, I just, all I mean to say is, there's a question of legal standing now that we have to figure out, and I personally believe very much in when I when I moved to America when I was a kid, I was for many years a resident alien. Many years later, I learned that resident alien is a Torah term, gerto shop. Yes, and I feel like we have not developed yet this concept that like Gertoshav is a wonderful, beautiful concept. It means that you are a member of the society. It means that we owe you a lot, but you owe back loyalty, and you can have representation in one way or another, but maybe not the ability to drive the Jewish state. But you have a person, certainly an ability to drive your own destiny with a lot of uh, with a lot of success. And if you can't muster and handle that amount of uh, loyalty to the Jewish state as an Arab or an other, then you're going to have to find a place somewhere else. But but that's the way I understand it. To me, it's to me it's very again it's it's kind of simple. It's kind of simple. You're loyal. You live in the Jewish state. You keep your identity. Uh, and if not, then you'll have to find a different place. But yeah, on that level, it's simple. But one of the problems, and this is where I think that the sovereignty movement needs to actually think bigger, which is that is that to to think that you can find a um, so both moral and workable legal status 
for the Arabs living in Yudan Shomron without reconsidering the entire structure of our government is, is a mistake. I mean, if you hear, you listen to the left, the whole rhetoric is like, well, in a democratic society, you can't have second-class citizens, right? Which I'm not like, you know, you know, I have mixed feelings about democracy in general, but, but you see what it is, is that that's how they seize the conversations. Like, well, since there's nothing legitimate other than the very specific form of democracy, remember, democratic society is a, is a, is a lie in, in the sense that, first of all, we're a republic. All democratic societies today are a republic because of nature of, of representative democracy, et cetera, which is its own challenge. Second of all, what they really mean is Western liberal egalitarian society, which I'm not necessarily saying is bad or good, but like call it what it is, say what you mean, which is, of course, not so reflective of even many of the people whose status we're questioning right now aren't necessarily sold into the Western liberal the sort of like cultural package, right? So, so what we need to begin to think about, because Gerto Shav is a reflection of, um, of the Torah's perspective on, on, uh, on how, how do we deal with the realities of multiple peoples in this land. And remember, the core, even though you spoke about rights, the core of the Torah is what are the obligations? Like you said, right. what are our obligations to them? Uh, are there obligations to us? And, and if people aren't willing to fulfill their obligations, they themselves define themselves as not part of society. That, and, and the problem with the Western discourse of rights is it's like, well, no, but you owe me. You owe me. Like, I have my rights. You have to, you know, that's, that's just not the way the Torah approaches, certainly not the social questions. So I think it, there needs to be a, 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 a bigger push saying that, that the question of, of how to, with justice and righteousness, and not just, by the way, pipe, what I call tailpipe management. Oh, their life won't be so bad. It'll get better economically. Like, no, no, no. We have all these social questions within our country, and they all revolve around the problem of rights versus obligations. So we need to build from the bottom up, and the fact that we're, we are committed to a Torah-driven, righteous relationship to the people that are in our land will be a springboard for recreating a society that's actually reflective of the vision. Mm-hmm. You know? And it may sound nuts, but the truth is, we're Jews. I think it sounds... I think it sounds... I think it sounds not nuts. I think it sounds totally... But even on a... But even on a very practical level, it sounds normal to me. Like, it doesn't sound tricky to me on a non... Like, it's not like, wow, that's a great idea. I'm like, I could see that working just fine in my mind's eye anyway. Don't forget, the world's ideal of government today was created by groups of people who sat around and tried to think about how do we do it better. Right, right. So, like, why, why are we doing that? Right. <laughs> like, can that, we think about how to do it better? That's such a great point. Sometimes Judaism gets a little bit messed up by that because we have so much tradition and we have so much law and we have so much written that we and, and we have so much also energy that keeps going every day that we don't sit back and have a constitutional convention. I, I If anybody, like, learns the history of the United States – it was an amazing, complex, and beautiful, and and and, and very and very you know hotly debated, and a, a very driven process about how to come read up with the this federalist system. papers, man. You got yeah. federalist papers, right? And like and like I I find I find that here in our beloved Israel, I don't even find that that the, the intellectual class is even questioning the system of gover- of governance that we have, which is it needs to be questioned. The intellectual class won't do it. Remember that the. the that the, the reason that it happened in America is because they were still revolutionaries. Right. 
They have broken away. The intellectual class in our society today is wedded to the system of power which exists now. Even the ones who like pride themselves on like, oh, you, nationalist power. In the end of the day, that structure is what gives them the life they want, the freedoms that they value. It'll, you know, it's, so they're 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 too wedded to that structure, even in their <clears throat> opposition to it, to have a real discourse around mm. it. I think it's only a sense of the insanity that, oh yeah, there's a God and we met him at Sinai. And uh, and by the way, the universe is an expression of will and not circumstance. It's only that level of stepping out of the picture that at this point is going to allow us to have a real mm. critical eye toward what could be. And I just want to make a comment. When I say insanity, I mean it in a very real and loving way. I mean, just yeah. look at um, but I don't want to sound disparaging, mm -hmm. like, you know. Right? No, no, no. And 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 it's it's the system was created really for when Israel was about six hundred thousand people, and it's just not meant for a nine million people big state. And it was an adoption of of a, of the process of the Zionist movement, and by the way, frankly, a bloodless coup in seizing power from the British, as opposed to having the Constitutional Convention. Don't forget that there was supposed to be a Constitutional Convention. It lasted for two days, maybe three, and you know what it did at the end? It declared itself the first Knesset, something that it was not elected to do, and and it was really only one person, Hillel Cook, who stood up and said. That was a coup. Did anybody else like see that? Was good. Everyone else was like, "Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm a member of Knesset now. That sounds good to me, right? <laughs> you know." <clears throat> yeah. Well, in, in some ways, we are victims of our own success, and that success leads to certain bourgeois, and bourgeois leads to not willingness to change. But at the same time, <clears throat> at the same time, um, there's there's going to be a force that that brings it that brings it along. I thought that. Uh, you know, the, the uh, COVID-19 um, crisis was one that caused people to think a little bit. We'll see what the, what, how, how we come out of it. I thought that the last year and a half of Israeli politics being deadlocked and without a government uh, would have caused something. Uh, but interestingly enough, we came out with a big government, a very, very big government. That's, people that's laugh a kind at word. That's a kind yeah. word. It's a bloated government, but maybe a stable one. Maybe a stable one. Which has and benefits. It certainly does stability in itself. Allows for a lot of good things to happen, uh, and in our, a lot of bad things to continue. And indeed, indeed, uh, I think that's actually Netanyahu's mindset. He's like, "Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going, and, and let well, let's grow what we can grow, and bad things yeah. grow along with that." Uh, but that's okay it's, because the if one wants to look at him, be down the cuff, scoot. That's exactly has always been his mantra. Right. Put big questions down the line, and just build, build, grow, grow. Yeah, that's it. That's right. My my argument at a point at this point though is that that's no longer a sufficient answer. Right. Plus, I have some deep questions about personally where his own ego and need for power play into that. He, and we always talk about the transition between uh, the kingdom of Joseph or the Mashiach of Joseph, which is the creative juice of like building infrastructure, building economy in the Jewish peoples, and then there's like the Davidic uh, messianic process, which is to bring in into the, the, the physical structures, the infrastructure that was created, a, a, a more spiritual, a deeper, uh, a more... Uh, to fulfill what's the, the mission. Word? Right, to fulfill the mission. What's the word nizgav? How do I say that in English? Uh, like a higher... Lofty. The loftier ideal. And this Yom Yerushalayim, I guess we are not there yet. We are not there yet, but we celebrate 
We celebrate the uh, the, the process of the process. being on the way, on the road. That's why all these holidays that you name, Yom Atzmaut, Yom uh, Lagba Omer, and Yom Yerushalayim, all fall out in the Omer. We, these are these are holidays of process and accepting the fact that that Sinai aside, there is no product. And even the Sinai, God gave us the Torah and was like, okay, now spend the rest of your history developing Torah Shaval Pet, right? Meaning like the, it's not an end unto itself. It's the foundation stone of the process of building the world into a vessel that can hold God's presence. That's what we're after. Rabbi Mike Foyer, I want to wish you a, first thing, a Yom Yerushalayim Sameach, the good kind of Yom Yerushalayim. Not Mama. the bad kind, right? Is that kind of Don't cool? Worry, I'll be saying <clears throat> Right. But I'm, I'm saying, like, it's amazing that the word Yom Yerushalayim, to me anyway, means something means something different uh, 2,000 years later. So I want to wish you a happy Yom Yerushalayim, Jerusalem Day. Some people call it Jerusalem Liberation Day or Reunification Day. Other people call it that. Uh, but to short, Jerusalem Day. I want to recommend everybody visit your website, uh, jewishstory.co which uh, houses uh, all the stuff that you do, uh, including your counseling, but also um, uh, the Jewish Story Show, which is also found on the Land of Israel Network, which right now is covering the prelude to the Six-Day War, which is a very powerful uh, thing. Uh, of course, uh, you might want to also mention some of the sources that you use. There are so many important books, including um, Michael Oren's book, Six Days of War, and fantastic uh, one of, book, yeah. right, fantastic book, and, and also one of my favorite books, which is the Prime Ministers. Yeah, Yehud Avner, one of the great uh, books. Great book. So, folks, check out JewishStory.co, and if you want to see uh, some of the uh, great um, bottom lines, successes of the Six Day War, come and visit us at Hebron, HebronFund.org. We'll take you there virtually or in real life, hopefully soon, as we say next year in person. And so, uh, so come and visit us, and of course, help us build, continue to build Hebron, the Jewish community of, which is only second to to Yerushalayim Yer Kodesh, but it's the story of the fathers and mothers. And of course, uh, visit me at yishayfleisher.com, where we're trying to build Israel together, whoever we are, wherever we are. Certainly, Jews uh, in the diaspora. Uh, are part of the story. We're all part of the story. Wherever we are, we could take a step forward towards uh, towards making Jerusalem Day really the big. Maybe there'll be yet a third Jerusalem Day, right? There'll be a third year of Yerushalayim. There will be. There there'll will be a be. third. There'll be a third kind of Yom Yerushalayim. That's One way So happy Yerushalayim, Yom Yerushalayim, and Shabbat Shalom, Rabbi Mike Foyer. Thank you so much for being with me here on the show. Shabbat Shalom, Yishai. Always a pleasure. God bless you folks wherever you are. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected. Happy Yom Yerushalayim. Happy Yom Yerushalayim, Rabbi Mike. Rabbi Happy Mike. Yom Yerushalayim. All right, folks, that was Rabbi Mike Foyer. We're talking about Yom Yerushalayim, Jerusalem Day. And I ask you to say L'chaim Yerushalayim. I want you to raise your glass and, and bless Yerushalayim, but also bless yourself to be part of the great story. Malka Fleischer joins me right now with a lot of energy. So here we go. Here's the Malka Fleischer segment. Shalom, everybody, and welcome back to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it, and I mean it, wherever you are. God bless you. Whatever room in the house you're still locked into, God bless you there, and we love you a lot. I am joined, finally, by back by popular demand, almost popular rebellion. I almost had a mob out here with forks and, and, and torches uh, saying, we want Malka back. So Malka Fleischer. Yay. 
thank you so much for coming back to the yes, show. Thank, I'm thank glad you to be back. for honoring me <laughs> by joining me. Yes, on I the can show. tell how sincerely you feel about I, I, what you're saying. We missed you so much, Malka. We Thanks. did. We really missed you on the show. The show is absolute dirt and junk without you. It's just. <laughs> It's just absolute. Yes, I, just, always, I always thought so. It's, anyway, it's, no, your show is so good. It is, but it's everyone so much, loves it. It's so much better with you around. You're like the, you're like the tang, you're the tang. You're like the, that, you're, that space drink. You're like you're like you know if you you know the lemon meringue pie, the lemony like tangy flavor. Oh, that's what thanks. you are. Yeah, I'm the meringue. Meringue is key. Without, yeah, it's, it's just a lemon pie. Otherwise, right. I'm the meringue. I'm fluffy. No, but it's like beautiful. You like brown it a little on the top. Yeah. It like I'm it makes it look top, pro. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm because I'm because I'm ethnic that way. In <laughs> any case, whatever. <laughs> this is a great start to the show. <laughs> Love you guys. So great to be with you. It was great to be with Rabbi Mike Malka. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite, our favorite, one yeah. of our favorite holidays tonight in Israel. Tonight, tonight, bring, tonight bring, brings it all together, Malka. We did Yomat Smoot where we celebrated. The, the foundation of Israel, back to family, never again to being Jewish injured. Uh, we have an army now. We have a Hebrew language. We have Hebrew culture and economy. That's Yom Ma'ut. We did Lagba Omer this year. We did it here on the porch with our with our good friends, the Rabbi Rabbi Liad Brody and Dina, and we had a great time because that was celebrating what we celebrate in Lagba Omer, which is the return to Torah, the return to the mystical doctrines, the return to the land of Israel in a spiritual sense. That's that's the Arizal reawakening the spirit of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. That's the end of the exile and back to the Torah of the land of Israel. We did that. Uh, we did we did Pesach Sheni, which is for Jews who want even more. Yes, we did Pesach. I was proud. We did a good you high did, five. You did, we did a Pesach a good, Sheni. We did a good Pesach Sheni right. this year. And now I we're saved. I bought. Maybe some of you will recall from yeah. previous shows when we talked about grocery shopping during coronavirus. Yeah, and what I felt when i found the matzah in the grocery store the incredible sense of relief because this corona stuff was yeah. all like hitting the fan right as pesach yeah, was coming and i was really t- scared paper was not something. yeah i was like i'll I, if i have enough matzah i'll know what to do with it right but i was just like i need the matzah and i oh. went a little nuts and worst i bought more matzah than what we need i still have matzah basically uh, we had old copies of the new york times we could have used for toilet paper but but yeah matzah. newsletter <laughs> <laughs> a few hot aritzes. That's right. No problem. But but matzah was key. You had the matzah and, you, the matzah and you took you brought it out. I brought it out. On P2, Pesach Shane. P2 and we ate it at dinner. And then again uh, at breakfast, we got the matzah bread. Right. So that was Pesach Shane. Now, Yom Yerushalayim, where it comes together, the yes. Jewish people in the land. It was the completion of the uh, 1948 war. You know what? What? I used to think, I used to say. The Six Day War, and I heard this somewhere else, and I can't remember sadly who, who All said right, it. That's okay. But I heard that the Six Day War was the completion of the 1948 war, right? Okay. But then again, I realize now that we're, we haven't completed it. No. Because we're still fighting for that we're, same land. We're 100%. We're hundred percent still fighting. We're, we're still for, fighting for the for independence same, of Israel for, and, for and that we're, land, for that very land. And, that we won. and the the war, I dare say, is is uh, more katlani, as they say, is is a little bit Deadly. more more uh, high stakes. Right. Well, I don't know if it's more because the 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 truth is is deadly. Deadly. I think the stakes. The truth is that that I'm probably exaggerating because I don't think the stakes are higher today. I think that Israel is is so well established. I think that Israel is so well established that we're not at the same stakes. Whereas in 1967, it really could have been just the overrun of the country. You're right. Um, So I don't think that we're at the same stakes. But I think that the stakes have maybe gone wider. 
perhaps mm-hmm. like out a little yeah. bit more. I think that now we have um, where the whole world has always been interested kind of with the outcome of what happens here in this tiny little swath of land. But I think even more so now, I think that the world is really like getting itself involved and right. it's really, there's a lot of sides taking and like the, the, the allies and alliances are like lining up in different formations. You're right. So I want to take you back three years to a Yom Yerushalayim that we had about three years ago. And I'll never forget it because in the morning, in the morning of Yom Yerushalayim, I was going to go up to the Temple Mount. And I went up to the Temple Mount, got there a little late, and we were one of the last groups. And I was there with some French Jews. Okay. And they told us, bad news, you were going to let you up on the Temple Mount, but we're only going to give you the short walk around, which is like five minutes. It's supposed to be like right, 40 Instead minutes. of going all the way around, right. you get like a one side pass right. on the right. Temple Mount. So the French shoes that were with me were, shall we say, uh, not pushovers. Okay. Oh, I think I know so where this is. We're, I we're think on, I remember We're on story. the Temple Mount, and I'm doing a Facebook Live. Yes. When suddenly I hear the first bars, Kolod Baleva. Oh, these French shoes. These French. Kolod Baleva. That is not an accurate uh, yeah. account and, okay. of what happened. No, that's and fine. I hear these bars, and that's one of some of the people in my group. And so this this was very very fast, and my my eye caught it. Okay, <laughs> here's what happened. First thing that happened was, was yeah. those three through Kolod Baleva. Pe- <laughs> 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 that exact moment, in that exact moment, now we were surrounded by Israeli police. That was the first ring, and right, a and ring that's around normal. that, right? Yeah. And the ring around that were like three or four Waqf Islamic Trust guards, yes. or, or you know, little Mashkiach right. Waqf guys. Okay, yeah. So the police that were around us, this was very interesting. So there's the Kolod, but the the police turn to face the Waqf. Uh-oh. And they go, boom! They just push them in the chest, and just people are flying. They are <laughs> they are just flying backwards because they because started because they started yelling at the Jews. They're like, oh no 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 no! The police turn around and, and it go, starts a it starts a scene uh, a whole huge a scene riot, up there. Right, right. And they just go bang, and they just these flock guys go flying backwards. Within a it's second, all worth though, it right there. This is this is all in quarter of seconds. Okay, within a second after that, they turn to us. Right. And they grab us by the whatever. I don't know what they <laughs> grab me by. Because within a second, I found myself being being horizontal, <laughs> flying horizontally, still filming. And I'm like, I, didn't even, I wasn't even doing anything. But within a second, I was like flying in the air this way. <laughs> and, and within now, now, and within another second, yeah. I was outside of the temple. Yeah. Mount. I had been. Wait, up you by, forgot that one guy. Right, and as we're just leaving, yeah, as we're like on the footsteps of the edge of the temple mount, this this squat Jew. He was not fat. He was stocky, wide, stocky, stocky, young Jew, young guy. Yeah, a guy who like works in building. A guy who a works guy's with got, his hands. Guy's got big old shoulders. All right, a wide God, God bless top, him. Yes. You know? A modern Jew, yes. He just goes, drop, and he falls down, bowing on the prostrating temple, himself. prostrating himself, which is illegal. <laughs> it took four men to like. Get, he was a big old guy, and he was down on the floor on the temple mount, prostrating his to the God Most High, you know. And they took another four police officers. They didn't arrest him, by the way. They just picked they him just, up and chucked him. Yeah, they. He like, went horizontal next to me. I saw them. <laughs> I saw them like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> 
Interestingly enough, this was interesting. Nobody really got hurt. That was very interesting. Huh, that is they, they, interesting. They, I feel they, like there would be some sprains they or something. They weren't gentle, but they weren't rough. They just chucked us off the Temple Mount. And, and they did rough up one wakf guy who was, was starting like a riot, yeah. and they took him. They took him. They had him arrested, and they held him in like a, a like type a of wrestling grip. move, yeah, funky grip, and we're and we're taking him out to get wow. arrested. And, and I was then like, what happened? That's it. Then we sang some songs and, and, and outside and, the temple, yeah, like the off temple the temple mount. And that was it. It wasn't even so protesting because it wasn't like a violent protest. It was just like a few bars of 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 the tikva. Anyway, so I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. Yom Yerushalayim Baboker, right. In the in the morning, I get thrown off the Temple Mount, and I'm like, and First I was you like, were on the Temple Mount. I was on Temple Mount, like, good for me. Next thing I know, <laughs> I'm off the Temple Mount, and I'm like, huh. But the reason that I was kicked off is because a few French Jews sang the Tikva on the Temple right, Mount, which is the national why anthem the police, of the country that right, is in charge of this Why would place? the police kick me out? Is it so weird that that the police are upholding the laws of the jihad? Right, which is and and I and I saw and of course there's always the embarrassment that we like gave any kind of authority whatsoever to the walk to right and that Jews are getting kicked off right for it's, it was such ones. a it's such a mistake is not the word it was right. like I guess it was a divine decree right? right but it was like it was so 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 bad and continues to be so bad today that it's like just dealing with that is hard that night though that night it's not the end of the story that night you and I were invited to a funky, high-level barbecue at a very wealthy person's <gasps> oh, house. Oh, it's my one year. It's my anniversary of this of this barbecue. No, no, that no, was the that's other a barbecue. Different barbecue, same place. Yeah, same place. But you were different invited. Barbecue. We were invited. Yeah, and we decided to go a shortcut through East Jerusalem, very very Arab part of uh, East Jerusalem. Ah, yes. And we're sitting. Wait, in was traffic. that the same Yom Yerushalayim? Same, same Yom wow, Yerushalayim. Wow, wow. So 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 suddenly we're in traffic. In a very very Arab part. When I say very very, I mean a place that there's no Israeli won't police. Be seeing Israeli any, any Israelis. Suddenly we're tra- we're we're in our we're in our Subaru, or is that how you say it in English? Subaru. Subaru. Right? In Israel, it's Subaru. Subaru. Right. Right. I bet you. I bet you that's Ryder. Subaru. Okay. Anyway, so we're sitting in traffic when I hear, knock. And then knock on the car and the we front had a back. baby in the car. Oh, we did. Mm-hmm. I forgot that. Those knocks. Were actually rocks that begin a hail of rocks that began to be thrown, and suddenly I hear a whack. And that whack was a rock that was thrown at our Subaru, hitting the window, the closed window, right where you were sitting, exactly where your head was, like and right mean, at Temple Temple right, like, area, like like somebody threw like that very rock accurate. to kill. Now it happens to be that we had rockproof windows, Baruch Hashem. and later on I saw what a chip. Like a chink. Like a chink was made, and I realized that had that window been glass or had that window been open, you would have you would have been finished, okay? You would have been in a lot of trouble, and we would have been in a lot of trouble. Happens to be that I realized the situation. I couldn't go out there and fight. That was just totally impossible because of we the, had a, I, we, we you had, had your baby, family in the car. We were, you know, so and it I, was a, it was like a huge... Right. So you remember what I did? Yeah. I, I hit the gas. Yeah, went and we into drove the, out of there. Yeah, but I drove into the oncoming traffic. Right. With aggressiveness, them, yeah. yeah with a, we got out of there. Right, we got out of there, and we went to a barbecue. And we went to a big barbecue <laughs> in which we heard Shabbat Shalom. Oh man, it was so. He did the whole thing right in front of the temple. Oh, Mount. that was so good. Right, but so what's his so, name? Kobe Sella or something? What's the name of that guy? I don't remember. But the point is, he's a singer in Israel. But the point is, he's a sweet singer in Israel. But the uh, the point is, is that Yom Yerushalayim. We were, it was like on the one hand, it was like yes, I'm here. On the other hand. Clearly, like we are, we have not 
we cannot claim victory just yet. Right. We're still very much we're still very much fighting for Jerusalem right. and very much fighting for our land. It's very very true. And uh part of that battle is this discussion today about the um application of sovereignty over Judea and Samaria. Right. You know, we talk about Jerusalem day. What other of, people may call annexation. Right, annexation. Uh, of course, we remember that in 1967, when Jerusalem was uh, reunified with the Jewish people, so was Hebron, and so was uh, all the rest of Judea and Samaria, the biblical, the ancient biblical heartland, our, our old stomping grounds. And now the world is talking about um, whether the Jews should have the right to wait, take wait, control of this. Wait, land wait, 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 wait. In an wait, official capacity. Wait, you made you 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 said something. What? Which I have, I got to take beef with. No. You said the world. Okay. The world. Yes. The world. The world. The whole world? What? The world is against us? I didn't say. They're discussing it, I said. Okay, but... but I didn't say the whole world was against us. In uh, fact, only most of the world is against (laughs) us, okay? The, The reality is that we have some very interesting friends in this issue. First, we have the United States of America, which, you know, there's the American elections are coming up and there's such a debate as to whether Israel should um, do this application of sovereignty now because Trump might lose. Incidentally, I don't even understand why we would wait at all for any reason, even if Trump is going to be president of the United States for the next hundred years. I don't understand why we wait another five minutes. Let's let's do it now because it's the right thing to do. But okay. There are people who say we got to do this now because we don't know if Trump is going to win. And if it's Biden, we can't do it. Right. Um, but there, but but really and truly, the United States, there, there have been different um, leaders of the United States who have had different policies. But the, the people of the United States have always been very pretty unequivocal about their support for Israel. And certainly in the Congress and in the Senate, there's always been support amongst the people um, for Israel. So we have the United States on our side. Um, who do we not seemingly have on our side? The the European Union. By the way, good call, UK. I just want to say that was a good move on your part. Yeah, drop that like a hot potato. Yeah, seriously, bye-bye, okay? It's like you do not want to be a part of that organization. The EU, of course, As having we, nothing else to do. How do we call the EU in this house? EU. The EU having nothing else to do with itself because there's no like pandemics there's certain no certainly no terror threat there's no economic problems going on in the eu they have lots and lots of time so they're taking their time to get together meetings at the un security council to condemn israel for it's basically everyone knows that israel's moving forward towards this plan um to apply uh sovereignty to officially meaning to say like we have control now over these areas in in large 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 part the army's here um, electricity and water is here. The internet's here. Post office is here. The schools, you know, national school system, everything is is normalized here. Except that we haven't officially, so, uh, we haven't officially said this is like regular Israel. This is the same as Ramat Gan, the same as Afula, and it hasn't gotten the same recognition that like the Golan Heights has has gotten also in the north. So the EU, uh, led yeah. by EU led by high representative for for uh, high so this representative high representative for foreign affairs Joseph Borrell this week came out with a spicy condemnation of Israel um released a the third is that like spicy ketchup uh, spicy ketchup is good this guy is, is that, the spicy that's, oh that's EU a spicy guy. condiment 
Right. Okay, I'm sorry. I got oh, <laughs> that was funny. Good for you. Okay, so this is the third time that this guy, Borel, has come out with a statement criticizing Israel in his own name. And the reason he has to do it is because he can't get the unanimous agreement of the United Nations to get behind him because there's 25 of 27 EU states who agree with him, right? Who are ready or signing on to his condemnations. Here's the condemnation, by the way. Let's read it. It's short. We strongly urge Israel to refrain from any unilateral decision that would lead to the annexation of any occupied Palestinian territory and would be as such contrary to capital I, international, capital L law, right? International law. 25 states signed on to this. And again, way to go, UK. Who, who else signed on? Everybody. Oh, my God. Okay, except for two countries. Go, go, go. This is interesting, and we could write a whole PhD paper about this yes. probably. Yes, Those countries are called Austria and Hungary. Yep. Two Axis power countries. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, Germany, totally fine. Okay, totally fine with this condemnation. Um, but what happened, basically? Germany, so, Germany, shame on you. Ichsa on you. Right, shame, on Germany. Shame Wait, on you. For years, shame I've been, I've been, I've been angry at you. What is your stinking problem? What is wrong with you? God, I keep telling this to Germans. They're just like, they look at me like... Because they can't. Because they can't. They're not going to lie. They're not going to lie. They look at me, I... I, I, I <laughs> They see but like the Austrians, what? like, I want to understand what that is. I want to understand why you. the Austrians it's Sebastian have gone. Kurtz. They went, they became, they became. Wait, uh, so Austria, wait a second, because Austria is going to come up more in the news here right now that I'm going to talk about, right. okay? So at first it says that Austrian Foreign Minister Alexander Schallenberg said his country rejects prejudice against Israel. Um, what else? Um, in Hungary, wait, was that the Hungarian one? Sorry. No, that's the Austrian one. Uh, a Hungarian diplomat said, we call for a gradual approach of caution, not rushing forward and certainly not alienating Israel. We believe Israel is a really important strategic partner in the Mediterranean region. Mm-hmm. So that can explain some of that. Uh, France, of course, has a lot to say. They say uh, French ambassador to the UN, Nicolas de Riviere, said that if Israel applies sovereignty or what they call annexation, it would not be without consequences to the EU relationship with Israel. You. He said it would be detrimental to Israel's role in the world, to its integration in its regional environment, as well as to Israel's relationships with its partners. Right. So that's France. Wait, so there's more. There's more about Hungary. So that that's what's going on with the EU. Another EU story. I wanted to talk about the EU today. Another EU story. Here's a headline. EU official urges probe ensuring no funds benefit Palestinian terror backers. Now, when I first read this, the headline, I laughed out loud. I actually LOL'd because I was like, give me a break. Like, you guys are all college educated, right? And you guys read the news and you guys also get classified information and stuff like that. You don't know. Like here, it's like common knowledge on the streets of Israel that there's this thing called pay for slay, what we call here pay for slay, which is that terror, like terror criminals who are sitting in Israeli jails are getting salaries, people who's who were killed while, while, um, you know, attacking Jews and trying to, you know, slit their throats, their moms are getting monthly salaries. It's like, how could you even, and what, 
the Palestinian Authority is constantly complaining that it has no money. We have no money. There's no money. We're about to go bankrupt. You got to help us. There's no money. The EU passed like a $72 million relief, coronavirus relief package, I remember, something like a month ago. In the meantime, there's only like 350 cases of coronavirus in the whole Palestinian Authority and Gaza. So it's all like, it's just, it's so thinly veiled that they send their money into the PA knowing full well that they're like just sending the money infusions and that obviously they know where it goes. So, so when I first saw this, I was like, this is ridiculous. I just thought it was so funny. Um, but then I, I read the story and I looked a little deeper and I, and I was kind of proud. Here we have uh, the EU commissioner for neighborhood and enlargement said this during a meeting of the European Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee. We have received a number of requests from the Israeli authorities, um, also from the Israeli public, regarding the fact that that uh, money is being used for terrorism or terror-related issues. So he says, I took immediate action. I asked both the heads Imme- of... Immediate action. Wait, hang on. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's like for decades, right? right but okay. Right. So wait, I'm, we're going to get deeper into the story. I took immediate action. I asked both the heads of delegations in Tel Aviv, but also in the West Bank and Gaza to look into the matter. They will have to look deep. And if there's any concern, any concern, we will act immediately. Now, who is the person who said this? His name is Oliver Varhei. I'm not going to say it correctly. He is Hungarian, former Hungarian ambassador to the EU. And he's known as a supporter of Israel. Basically, earlier this month, there was an argument between Brussels and Jerusalem over EU funding of terrorism. After the EU bloc's envoy to the Palestinian territories sent a letter that said, sorry, my computer just jumped, sent a letter that said individuals affiliated with or supportive of terrorist organizations are not automatically ineligible for EU support. They're like, listen, terrorism, it's not good. It's freedom fighting. But if it's you guys, we can make, you know, we can make an exception. So then on May 7th, Israel's foreign ministry summoned the EU ambassador in Israel and was like, what the heck is this? And they were like, they, they issued a big condemnation. Based on that condemnation, this Hungarian representative was like, okay. And he basically ordered a huge inquiry. And the inquiry, now, I don't know what's going to happen with the inquiry, right? And I don't know who's going to do the inquiry. But basically, he was like, get in there and like, go through all the books. And I want to see where the money is going. And if the money is going, if we can show that the money is going to terror organizations, we're going we're gonna to end financial support. Right. Um, now, I don't know if that's real, right? And, and as you can see from the, fa- from the last story where 25 of 27 EU countries had something to say about Israel taking over like a few miles of land in the Middle East, then uh, you can know that there will probably be a lot of um, opposition in the EU to, to doing this kind of inquiry or, or to following up on this inquiry. But I thought it was interesting that the Hungarian delegate was just like, I'm taking this on myself. And he, he right. hit the ground now, and now, started to run. Just very quickly, I want to talk about Hungary for just a second. The Hungarians were not known as great Jewish Jew lovers. They were not known as that. They were no. known as, as, in fact, anti-Semitic right. and, and, and had a lot uh, you know, of cooperation with they had their own Nazi party called the Arrow Cross, and they were um, they w- weren't seen as very sympathetic to the Jews at all. And when you speak to Hungarians, they don't have a lot of great things to say about 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 Hungarian Jews. They don't have a lot of great things to say about Hungary uh, in terms of how to treat them. But you know what the truth is? 
I, I, I'm going to say something that's going to sound a little funny. First thing is, there's a difference between anti-Semitism and xenophobia. I've come to believe. I've come to believe that there are some countries that are just xenophobic in their right. way. They don't want anybody. They don't want anybody. And they don't like Jews and they don't like Muslims. They don't like other things. What do they like? Nation states, ethnic, national, and nation they're states. They're nationalists, really. They're nationalists. You don't necessarily have to say they're xenophobes. Right, but they, but, but they might be in the sense xenophobic because they don't want they other people. They choose them, not others. They don't want other people to live amongst them. And it right. turns out that Hungary, I think, turns out to be like that. They basically don't like others living in their land. But that doesn't mean they don't respect the Jewish state by itself out there. Right, or can't work together. Right. They can cooperate. Or says, oh, look at that. This is a strategic partner for us today because we have a problem with the Muslims. We have a problem with the Muslim influx. We don't want it. We want to stop it. We want to stop it from coming to Europe and certainly to Hungary. And Israel looks like it's a country that knows how to push back on these things. So they're a strategic partner. They're like us now. They're an ethnic national state like we are. That's very interesting. It's an interesting phenomenon. I said to somebody the other day, it's, it's related, not exactly. I said to him, don't forget that not liking Jews is not the same as anti-Semitism. We were talking actually about uh, Lord uh, Balfour. Arthur, right. Arthur uh, Balfour, Balfour who had some statements that weren't very pro-Jewish. He didn't... He, right. he, and I said to him, there's a difference between not liking Jews and being anti-Semitic. Uh, but in any case, that, of course, does not absolve crimes of, of uh, World War II. Right. But, hey, you know what I mean? Today we need strategic partners. In that today means. we live in today. Right. And if they want to make, you know, some kind of overtures toward Israel that are in our support and help us to grow and help us to move forward, then I appreciate that. You know what? You know what? I'll take Hungary's support of Israel today. And I'll be like, okay, at least they're rectifying some of the A sins, little bit, something. As opposed to the German payout of monies that they stole, which they've paid back about one fingernail's worth. And instead, their condemnation of Israel today, which is, in, this, in my mind, nothing but the furtherance and continuation of what they did in World War II. Okay? So to me, you know, you could sell us all the Mercedes and, and submarines that you want, Okay. And that's good. I appreciate that. But if you're still out there on the side of evil and you're telling Israel what to do, including not to live in, in, in Judea, for shame, for shame, Germany, you got a real mental problem, Germany. Really, you got a real issue. There's something in your psyche that you got to fix in there, okay? Because there's something sick about a, a people who, who did what they did in World War II that cannot just... And, and he, not just to us. Not just to us. And I always say to Germans, here's the answer. Step off. Don't right. You're Switzerland, right? Oh, we we just it's Israel. It's oh, the Jews. We just have nothing to say about right. it. We we uh, what's the word when you don't we're vote? We're neutral. We abstain. We, we, abstain. we abstain. Right. It's Israel. We have a we have a tough history. It's Israel. Right. Exactly. We've decided for 100 years that we're abstaining on all on all Israel issues. It's like have some my God, like 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 some shame for God's sakes. It sickens me. I can't explain it. It's just like it's it's it got it guile. Is that a word guile? The, or no, not it it's I don't know. Uh, something it, something angry and bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure my friend Eric would know what word I mean yeah. right now. In any case, um in any case, Malka Fleischer, um we're coming out of Corona. Yep. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Thank you, Hashem. Baruch Hashem. And may Hashem <clears throat> protect and bless all of you out there that you should be totally, yeah. completely healthy always. I want to wish three wishes. One. For all the people who are still sick yes. or know somebody is sick, you should be healthy. Brute. For anybody who lost somebody, I want to really wish you, uh, Neshama should have an aliyah. You should be and, comforted. Uh, comforted amongst the mourners of Zion. And, and we send you our, 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 what's the English word, our comforts from, from, from Israel. And to all those who miss their 
bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, Aww. weddings, celebrations, your birthdays, that you miss something. Right. I want to really wish you also uh, uh, a mazal tov. Yes. And I know that you missed your fun times. And then but I no, Hashem is Hashem is always watching. Right. You're going to get your fun times. Right. And I just want to wish you like a mazal tov. And then lastly, I just want to say to all of you who are still stuck outside the land of Israel, El Al just said that they're still not they're right, still they're delaying pushing off their their their, rest- their restart date. I just want to wish everybody that that has not been able to come to the land of Israel or 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 feels disconnected lots of blessings from here from the land of blessings. Yes. And to feel that you're you are connected and and you'll get here soon Bezrat Hashem. I just want to throw throw yes, uh, th- nice. all, all those wishes out. For us here in Israel, there's a sense of relief. Cautious relief. Cautious relief. Synagogues are slowly becoming opening up including the Chabad house downstairs has opened up partially with all the limitations right you gotta you gotta distance by two meters distance you gotta wear a mask wear a mask you're, you're only supposed to have like 50 it depends on the size right. of the shul but either 50 or 100 people no 50 I think yep 50 50 people inside a shul something right, like that right, right and you have to also put on deodorant but that's that's something you should that's always do. You should always do. But it doesn't have to be the aluminum-based ones. It right. could be natural. Right. And just just try to self-smell nice for other people. That's just a general thing. In any case, so so there's that. And tonight, Malka, Yom Yerushalayim, this amazing holiday. Yes. And soon, 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 a week, just a week away, just a week, a holy week away, the last week of this count. Let's make the count count. <laughs> okay? Make it count by really doing some teshuva this week, some repentance, yes. some Torah learning. Get ready for Shavuot, Maka. I know that for the past many weeks you've been <laughs> considering what to. I know it's so scary. What 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 uh uh what's the word uh culinary creations? Yeah, I don't know. You will concoct. I don't know what to. I'm still I'm still not totally set, and now now we're in crunch time. We are in crunch time. Maybe like crunch bar time. I don't know. Maybe 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 Shavuot's taco. Like a like a dairy taco. Yeah. With uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I was thinking maybe to redo the quesadillas. Are you in the mood for quesadillas? I'll tell you the truth, honestly. It's it's afternoon here in Israel, and I didn't eat so much today. So like I didn't everything, make you your big breakfast that I usually Everything make. sounds amazing right now. I'm really <laughs> hungry. Everything is like my like, quesadilla, good, good. But I want people out there to let me know what they're making for sure. Right, right, absolutely. This is so key for me. Yes, we could share. We could help each other. Yes. Please let me know. Is there something special that you make every Shavuos? Is there some special game you play or something special that you do in your home for Shavuot or in your community? I would love to know. Please share. And then if there there are some particularly awesome ones, then we'll share them on next week's Shavuot show. Hashtag Shavuot recipe. Yes. Hashtag Shavuot recipe. If you write hashtag Shavuot recipe, that means that you have have listened to the show and that you're part of it. Uh, Speaking of listening to the show, Malka, uh, on the yishaifleischer.com forward slash donate page, we have a new system in place that also allows you to do Google Pay. Wow. And also allows you just use a plain credit card without PayPal, but certainly PayPal is there as well. Great. And you can you can make a recurring donations. And recurring donations- Our donors are our lifeblood. Absolutely. It makes such a difference. And we want to thank you so much, and we really want to bless you so much that, that uh, the messages that you care about, that you want to get out to the world, really do in your merit. Do you know that feeling that you just got when you heard me ask for donations and you're like, yeah, I should give something. Remember that feeling to when the drive of the car is over. Just just, just do that. Oh. <laughs> just, just just go for that. No and one's in their car. People are like, what do you mean car? Oh, not in the car. Wherever you, you mean are. You mean like when you walk from the kitchen back right. over to your room. Or when you're outside taking a walk. Wherever you are, uh, y- you make it happen. And, and you know what? We really appreciate recurring donations. 
Uh, recurring donations make a big difference. Like, uh, you know, start with eight, from eighteen to $1,800 a month. Yes, I'm it, in. It, it makes, it well, makes why it, limit them? That's right. No, really. I meant that, you know, advad bechlal. Yeah, as absolutely. many zeros as you want toward the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Help us out. And uh, we're going to start... We're going to start sending stuff out to yes, our donors. Yes, we're going to send That's treats right. and fun stuff. That's right, absolutely. And we love our donors so much. Thank you so much. And those who don't donate, it's also okay. Yes, yeah, so you just you know, keep listening. Yeah, keep listening. And, and We're happy and, you're here. But you can donate a different way. You could donate a thumbs up. You could you can donate a five-star review. That's big. <clears throat> you can... you can, um Share on your social media. Share on social media. Sign up for our weekly email. And sending us an email. We love your emails. Oh my gosh, I love your email. It's like I wish you would read more email on the show. I, I got some great emails uh, recently, and uh, and I will share them. So please write me an email, yeshai at yeshaifleischer.com or yeshai at thelandofisrael.com, basically where you get where, where you feel more connected, yeshai at yeshaifleischer.com, yeshai at thelandofisrael.com. We love our uh, network, the Land of Israel Network, with great other shows, including the fantastic Jeremy Compel and wife, uh, Tehillah, Tehillah, who's been putting She's out hilarious. some great shows recently. Uh, and and more and more great shows. Josh Haston, Eve Harrow, uh, Gil Hoffman, um, sometimes Shlomo Katz, Arya Bramowitz, of course. Uh, great, great folks who put out uh, beautiful stuff. Uh, so our network is growing, and you are part of it wherever you are. Yom Yerushalayim is so very special. I, I can't really... I want everybody to do the following thing. <clears throat> Malka, yep. here's my request. Okay. I want you to have... A bottle of wine from the land of Israel. I don't know. <clears throat> Too hard. Not hard. It's in your store. And if not, if you don't have a bottle of wine from the land of Israel, then do you have anything like a beastly, a bomba, a anything? What do you have from the land of Israel? If let's say you don't have something, do you have a rock? Do you have a picture that you took? Do you have something from the land of Israel? I don't know. Maybe you have a, a old sandal or uh, <laughs> or one sandal. of those. One of those. What do you want them to do with their old sandal? I want them to hold it in one hand. And then a cup of wine, hopefully from the land of Israel, if not, a beer from Belgium, or a cup of water from your sink. And I want you to hold it up, and I want you to say, tonight, L'chaim oh. Yerushalayim. That's all I'm asking for people to say. L'chaim Yerushalayim. You could also, I, I wonder, is the webcam of the Kotel still, still The going? webcam of the Kotel is, is webbing and camming at the same time. It's doing great, but forget it, Maka. You know what? Whatever you guys want, but I want you to send me a photo maximally. You can also send just a hashtag, but I want you to send me a photo of you doing, you and your family. It could be, it could be impersonal. You could just do your hand. But I want a picture of L'chaim Yerushalayim. That's what That's I want. Nice. I want L'chaim Yerushalayim. That's all hashtag I'm asking L'chaim for. Yerushalayim. Hashtag L'chaim Yerushalayim. That's all I'm asking for here. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. All right, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show. Maka Fleischer joins me. God bless you, Maka. So, thank you so you, much. Yishai, Yishai, Do me a favor, Maka. Great, great work. You know, Ishai, you've done so many uh, awesome videos and cool stuff recently. I hope that people will go to your Facebook page and check out. There's all kinds of recordings, and you do sometimes you do your show uh, with video. And so if you want to see Ishai's yeah. shiny little face, then you can watch him on yeah. Facebook. I want to do a L'chaim Yerushalayim video today also. I okay, cool. Anyway, folks, uh, thank you so much. I want to thank uh, Moshe Herman, Tabitha, and Ben Bresky for helping get the show out to the world. I want to thank Yerushalayim for hosting us in in, in its uh, in the land of Israel for hosting us in its midst. I want to thank Hashem God Almighty for helping us uh, broadcast and project 
the great light that's coming out from Zion to the world. And I want to thank you and empower you to be part of the story wherever you are. Get excited. Get heated up. The bad guys want to douse water and dirt and garbage on us. We're going to explode away from all that stuff. We're going to shine an amazing light. The, the light, the rain, the trees, the 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 temple that's coming, the, the, the Hebrew language, the economy, the El Al airplane, uh, the, the, the beastly, the bomba, the falafel, the, 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 the pregnant women, the, the, the hills and valleys of the land of Israel, the highways and the cars. It's something so amazing and so beautiful, and you are a part of this incredible time. So be excited about it. Be heated up about it. Let's be heated up about it. L'chaim Yerushalayim. L'chaim Yerushalayim. Shalom, everybody. God bless you. You know, there are people who like to do what they're told, and there are people who like to tell others what to do. And then there are people out there who are just wondering what exactly needs to be done. Which one are you? I'm Rob Mike Foyer, and this is The Jewish Story. Listen to The Jewish Story with Rav Mike Foyer on thelandofisrael.com.